Welcome to Sim Sundays episode, what number did I say it was? 18. 18 episodes straight of Sim Sundays by Gridfinder. Welcome to this week's show. We have a very special guest for you as normal and Mr. Tom. Well, this week I actually have to specify Tom from Gridfinder because we have another Tom on the show this week. Tom from Gridfinder. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this one. This is... Uh... I say this every time, right? And then I always caveat every time. So I'm going to stop saying this from next week onwards. But I'm excited about this episode. We have another Tom with more letters. There's an H, a B. We thought it was Tomb. We thought it was Thumb. We found out it's actually just Tom with extra <laughs> letters. So uh, I would like to introduce Tom Brower, who is an F1 esports driver and Alpine F1 esports ambassador, who said, I think I might be a good guest on the podcast because I'm driving an actual F1 car, if that's of any interest to I me. Mean, like, um, Yes. Welcome to the show. Like, no, no, no. No, we don't want that. No. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Tom. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You forgot one thing, actually. Uh, XF1 driver, right? Yeah, well, that's yeah, a, title, that's a right? good point. That's it. Is that it? So I assume that that is now in your LinkedIn profile, yes. your Twitter bio, your, was it? Uh, yeah, so I've been on tom.net today. Is that? <laughs> I see. <laughs> XF1 driver <laughs> is in the bio. <laughs> Exactly, would, yeah, that's uh, how I advertise myself nowadays. I would love to be able to say XF1 driver. That would be amazing. Oh, Although, man, literally, like, still, I'm, <laughs> like, just saying that. I mean, I can't really say it all too seriously, but at the same time, like, just being able to say it while still having, like, a, some form of, like, truth in there. <laughs> or just, yeah, like, just, if you're, like, a dinner... You, oh, do you know what I was about to say? I was about to say, if you're at a dinner party or something, it's like, because everyone goes to dinner parties <laughs> now, that's, 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 that's how I spend my Saturday nights <laughs> at dinner parties. But, so, but whenever you can, you can start a story with, um, oh, yeah, this one time I was in this F1 car, right, and x happened it doesn't matter what x is <laughs> the fact is yeah. the story starts with i was in an f1 car yeah, yeah. no for sure and i'm sure we'll, we'll be talking uh, about everything that that happened today because i mean a lot has has happened also to to, to get there um and i mean I, I love being here so yeah thank you so much for for the warm welcome and yeah i mean i'm really looking forward to just talking about like what got me there and, and stuff and um and and how it was <laughs> to to drive the F1 car because I haven't really actually like um, talked about it too much yet like uh, really? online apart from like my own socials. We no? have but an yeah. exclusive. We have our first yeah. exclusive. Yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that because I am quite interested in the journey because it's kind of mind blowing that we're at a stage now with sim racing where you can be a sim racing personality, a sim racing driver, and real world opportunities are kind of not becoming like common like not everyone is doing it right but it's becoming a reality for a lot of people right so rewind x number of years you in your bedroom you're racing formula one on your i'm going to assume maybe playstation xbox before pc or, mm -hmm. or, or did, maybe you went straight to pc i don't know did you ever imagine that you'd be actually in that car <laughs> well not that car i mean never I, the thing is it wasn't even a dream like some people say like yeah i mean it's a dream really to drive an f1 car but for me, it was never even a dream. Like, you can't even imagine driving an F1 car in your life. Like, it's not like I was working towards that or, or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, to, to go back, like, classic story, obviously, I, I, I drove with my sim, sim racing simulator in my, my bedroom, obviously, like everybody. <laughs> uh, about three <laughs> years back, um, I, uh, I started because I was watching Twitch. I was having fun uh, watching a South African 
uh, sim racer doing F122 and, and actually Assetto Corsa as well. Um, and I was like, oh, I mean, let's try it out, you know, let's, let's try it out. Let's see, let's see if it's fun. So I tried it out at, at that point, the maximum amount of viewers you could get was like 30 viewers or something like that on Twitch. So it was not a lot really. Um, I mean, if you look at what I'm doing now, uh, in terms right. of viewership, I also could never have imagined that, um, almost 10 times or, or maybe sometimes even 20 to 30 times as the amount of wow. viewers than, than I had back then. So, I mean, even more, maybe 100 times even. Um, yeah, <laughs> so it like goes. it's just, Jeez. yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just crazy. But, um, yeah, so it, it started really as that, like it, it started out as a hobby. I never would have imagined that, um, one, to work together with, with Alpine, uh, esports, um, also, actually, okay, you know what? Let's start with. I was going to say, I was going to say, I have some questions about the I'm going very, very, very beginning. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. Yeah paint, yeah. paint the picture of the beginning, right? Paint the picture yeah. of you're like, oh, I love motorsports. I love F1. I'm going to get into it. I'm going to get into this thing called sim racing. What process yep. did you go through? Which rig did you build? Like, did you then explore other games or was it always F1? Like, what happened? Yeah, so I got into F1 because of, uh, well, because of Verstappen, actually, in back in 2015, when he first got into an F1 car, um, maybe because of the, the Dutch pride a little bit. Uh, I'm not necessarily like <laughs> a Verstappen fangirl or anything like that at this point in time. I watch for F1, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big F1 fan all the way since like 2015. My parents actually used to organize like watch parties when they were... Uh, uh, younger in like the neighborhood and stuff so i kind of like oh, wow. got it from my parents that's cool yeah and um yeah and since then i i mean uh, the, the bug has just bitten me and i just watch every single session uh so i got into sim racing i actually first started out on my playstation with a controller and um i bought my first wheel my first play seat uh, i believe it was a, a play seat revolution uh, so the one that, that it's like one of the starter, That's um, what I had. the um, fold up one. Yeah. Like folds up. And yeah. Everything. Yeah. You can yeah. fold it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. It was part yeah. of my negotiating strategy in order to get one in the house. <laughs> I had to have one that could fold up into the cupboard of the spare room so that it didn't take up too much of the square footage of the flat. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was, that was the exact thing for me because I mean, I, I had it in my bedroom, right? So I also had to like do stuff on my desk and whatever, because at that time I was still studying. I actually just finished my studies. I will have my graduation in like a couple what? of days. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. That's very thank cool. you. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I was still studying, uh, just having fun, uh, playing first of all my, on my controller on the PlayStation and immediately I was super, super like passionate about it. So I got a wheel. Uh, I've had like five wheels at this point already. <laughs> just kept on upgrading and upgrading. Ask, yeah, like, I started. What off, was your first one? Yeah, well, oh. uh, the worst one ever. Like it was a, a, a wheel without force feedback. Oh, now, you can almost oh. as in yeah, the elastic how? ones. Yeah, so it was a Trustmaster T80. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I think it was it was like 100 euros or something at that point. Um, but yeah, it, it had no force feedback. Uh, to be honest, it. It worked quite well. It's, it was actually, yeah, it was actually quite decent. But yeah, just well, <clears throat> to be fair, you you'd never experienced force feedback. You'd only been playing with a controller yeah. at that point. So the upgrade from a controller to just a generic wheel, that is a pretty significant level of control that you upgraded yourself to. So that makes sense. But exactly, yeah. Now that we've all played with force feedback, we're like, <laughs> no force feedback. What? <laughs> 
Yeah, and obviously now the direct drive wheels as well. Like, that's just a whole nother level as well when you compare it to absolutely no force feedback. It would be fun to uh, take right. that journey backwards. Maybe one day, like, you know, Ooh. doing yeah. a league race, though? but going back to the, the T80. That would be <laughs> an experience. I'm going to say, I'm going I'm to call Instead it, of- I don't say it's, it, would be, it would be an unpleasant experience. Instead of pitting for new tires, you pit for a new steering wheel oh. and like in real life <laughs> wow. and you change it to like worse and worse over time. <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean i can i can literally have like five setups and then go from the newest one to the oldest one yeah and go back have in we time. just unlocked a new format for for like celebrity sim racing tournaments instead of the hundred percent force feedback challenge it's the go back in time to different yeah. wheels challenge <laughs> yeah next <laughs> next year's uh grid, fin- uh, grid finder sim sunday where we're gonna make it happen huh <laughs> Right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, sorry. Somebody make a note of that. It's a good idea. Do you know? It reminds me of something. <laughs> I was at the the Sim Racing Expo last year at the Nurburgring, and Fanatec did this really clever little installation on their um, on their stand where they had it was like the G29, the T300, the CSL, and then the CSL DD, and then the DD1 and the DD2, and you queue up and you mm-hmm. you go on each one. So you do like a hot lap on one and then the same hot lap on the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one until you got to the DD2, uh, right? The idea being that, that you never want to go back <clears> down the, the yeah, line. Well. But it was so clever. <laughs> but I did think it was a bit shady to be like, not just ha- not just have their own CSL and then their CSL DD and then their DD1 and then their DD2 to be like, this is the progression of Fanatex products. It's like, also we're better mm-hmm. than all this other rubbish. <laughs> Let me try that first. You never want to go back. <laughs> poor Logitech and Thrustmaster not there to defend themselves. <laughs> And you end up walking away with a DD2. Right. <laughs> Oops, <yeah>. I'm sold. <laughs> and I want a massive finance plan. <laughs> but it's worth it. <laughs> That's one of the things that drove me nuts in just in sim racing in general. So before, I'm, I'm now in the Fanatec universe as well. And before I got the DD1, I was constantly just trying to make that little, like that little teeny step forward, that little teeny next upgrade, right? So I had the... I had an eBay special like Logitech G25 that the shifter didn't even work on it. It would the pedals and everything worked fine. And then I went to the newest one, a G29, and then I had it. Com- I convinced myself because there's that little gap in the gears in the middle, you know, in the right in the center of the force feedback. There's that teeny little gap, and I was like, well, that's mm-hmm. why I'm losing races because I can't feel <laughs> the force feedback in the middle of the wheel. So I I need a direct drive, right? It's it, the sim racing. I don't know. It's if it's gear envy, if you call it that, or if it's just like you're trying to come up with excuses because you really want the next level of gear. So like any yep. excuse, you're like, yeah, well, yeah, it makes more sense for me to upgrade my my pedals and my wheel and this and that. How fast did you go from the very first wheel, the no force yep. feedback wheel? You said you had five. How fast did you actually make those upgrades over time? Was it like a real quick progression? Too fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I started, I started with this kind of like like three years ago, really. Like, um, I think this this wheel that I have right now, which is the CSL Elite, I kind of want to upgrade again because I feel like I'm running behind. But um, I've had it for like maybe one and a half years now. So one and a half years from this one, and then the other four were within one one and a half. Well, actually like 2015 until like maybe the 2020. So I would say like over five years, like four wheels uh, or three okay. wheels, something like that. 
So no, yeah, I mean, it's like one one wheel a year. <laughs> and you know what's funny is in my mind, <clears throat> in my gadget tech kind of like I love buying gadgets. In my mm-hmm. mind, I'm like, oh, that's not that fast. That's not that bad. But in reality, like a wheel a year, that's that's pretty intense. That's that's pretty quick to to continually upgrade your stuff, you know. Because another thing is like it takes a while to kind of get that synergy with new products. Well, sure. So when you buy something new, no matter how good, bad, whatever it may be, it takes you quite a while to like adjust your driving style and get yourself to the point where, you know, you you feel comfortable and you're back to your normal lap times again. Yeah. Because before I actually you got a funny even... story about that. Because like right behind Let's me, I have um, like I have these pedals right there. Like they're actually supposed to be really good. Like they're the they're the CSL V3s or something. I have those. Uh, those are the same pedals that I drive on. Yeah. Well, there you go. And so I mean, uh, there you go. So they're quite they're quite decent, right? I like how they're being pro- used as a picture. Well, holder. so that's the story. Yeah. <laughs> Now, literally, to come back to what you were saying, like uh, you have to adjust to to your your rig, right? To your new mm-hmm. pedals or whatever. And because I'm so like just so so confident and just so um, everything just works right now. So why would I change it? Um, I actually bought them because my pedals broke, but then I fixed the potentiometer. I, I was like Bob the Builder. I fixed it, and I was like, okay, you know what? <laughs> why do I even why do I even change it now? Because I have to get used to it. I need to. Like I'd use it for another week or so, and I don't really want to. So I still have them. I actually bought them. I don't want to say this, but I bought them one and a half years ago. Okay. Oh, no, one year, one year, like one year ago. And it and doesn't even still sound like there. you used them very much. <laughs> <No>. Yeah. So <clears throat> the mod kit, or I, what's it? Is it called the mod kit? Uh, I don't know. There, there's the brake adjustment kit yeah, yeah. for them. I think I got the, I've those changed ones it. As well. I've changed it so many times and I'm like, oh, this feels better. And then a week later, I'm like, well, maybe it doesn't. And then I go to mm-hmm. another because there's six of the, what are they called? Those little elastic pieces, right? There's six different ones, all of different densities, all of different yep. pressures, all of different styles. And then you can combine all six of those in a myriad of different ways to get another version of a different pressure. And it's just like, man, I kind of wish they just, here's the pedals, here's the pressure. Just get used to that because now my mind, I'm like, well, what if I can cut one tenth off by changing one of those little elastic pieces inside mm-hmm. the pedal? You never know until you try and then you rip it apart again, put it all back together again. And you're like, is it making a difference? I can't really tell. I don't know. It's customization in sim racing hardware almost is bad, I would yeah. say. Sometimes yeah, it because, would be better just yeah. to be like, this is the knob that does this one thing and that's all it does. You don't have to worry about it. It's just this is the knob that does your windshield wipers just to pick something that doesn't really matter, right? But you can customize so many things. You're like, okay, do I want my my mute push-to-talk button right here? Do I want my pit limiter over here? Do I want my ABS adjustment right here? Like, where do I want all these different things? And it gets you into this, like, continually forever tinkering mode. And you never actually start, like, start learning your gear and just not worrying about it and driving, you know? Yeah. It's I mean, the, it's kind of like the force feedback. Yeah, I mean, consistency that. is key, really. Like, yeah, uh, that that's why, like, like staying with the same wheel or staying with the same pedals is 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 probably like easier. It might not. I mean, the potential is there to improve, but it will take you a lot of time to to get used to new gear and stuff. And you have to like find the limits and finding limits with uh, software and hardware because so- changing software, for example, like. Uh, yeah. that zone in your in your pedals or whatever can like have a huge impact as well 
and and sometimes keeping it as it is is better than than tweaking it a tiny bit um I'd agree. because you'll, I'd agree, have to, you'll have to get used to it yeah we kind of have it good as sim races right so as sim races we have <clears throat> a number of things that we can upgrade wheels pedals and, and and actually this list could go on because if you think about the rig and then all the peripherals you could add to the rig i bet all the other game genres look at the hardware providers in sim racing and are so jealous because if you're like one of the millions and millions of people oh. that's obsessed with like call of duty they're like right look at this minuscule update to your keyboard that we can bring you all they have <laughs> is those those stick like the clip-on stick extenders right. is like the mass that's yeah. the accessory yeah. market or it's like when you i remember when i bought a gaming keyboard i say remember it was like a month ago i bought my first gaming keyboard and like most people gaming keyboard. right exactly cool. exactly right so that, so like most people i like to do a lot of research when it comes to choosing tech and keyboards were so difficult to research because it's so hard to work out why is this better and it was all the different like so this is an mx red key and this is an mx brown key this, this is one a is brown switch yeah and, this and it was is, like yep. and it was like this one has a completely linear feel whereas this one has almost like a springy feel and then it was like the decibels of volume for like the average, and I was like, wow, they are really having to scrape the barrel of, whereas in <laughs> sim racing, you could talk about pedals and wheels until the cows come home, because there's so many things that you can I mean, upgrade. Wheel diameter has a huge effect. Um, Tom, are you the kind who has multiple wheels at your disposal for racing, or do you only have that one F1, it looks like? Yes, yeah. No, so I actually only use this F1 one, um, okay. because, I mean, I mostly do like formula racing, uh sure. in terms of sim racing but um yeah i don't the thing is with f1 wheels or formula wheels like because you hold your steering wheel like this like just like with your with your uh with your uh with your thumbs, thumbs through the, the wheel of. exactly like you don't need the rest right you don't need the top because if well, you use that top also, part the max you're going is you're doing the crossover yeah. and that's about as far as you're ever gonna get whereas like, full look, so, let's say yeah. you're racing a, a miata and you're on a, dr a drift track, you're spinning all the way around a true, whole true, true. 720 degrees. But mm -hmm. I prefer the size and just the overall feel of the F1 or Formula style wheels. Mm -hmm. I, I do have the BMW Fanatec one, and every single time I bolt it on, it feels like it's it feels like a completely different sim setup. Yeah. Just because of the wheel diameter and like where your hands are placed, it just feels a lot different. So in addition to the tinkering and software, we also have, well, I want to have a bunch of different wheels for a bunch of different types of racing. And then you get to the point where your own setup doesn't feel the same as it did yesterday when you were in <laughs> a different car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, th that's the whole, that's the whole thing of the, of the formula wheel. It's, if you think about it, it's the exact same. You're just missing the top part, which you're not using mm -hmm. anyway. So just imagine that the top part is there. It's literally, it's, it's literally the same wheel. Right? It's literally you know, a round <laughs> wheel like you have in your car. Well, to be fair, but the formula wheels have the wheel. 300 buttons in comparison <laughs> to like True. a normal round wheel's like six, maybe. That's yep. it. You got all the knobs, the switches, the dials, all the all the different crazy things for the formula wheels. I mean, I like them personally. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, like what I love about the, the sim racing wheels is that you have like the joysticks and stuff. Like um, it's just super easy mm -hmm. to get through the menus. Um, yeah. So it sounds you, like well, you're... So, 
So your tech, your tech journey has has it, it seems to that you have rattled through the tech, right? You have just you, it seems like it's been a very quick journey of progression. Yeah, as yeah, your yeah. streaming <laughs> followed that same trajectory, was it very quick? Did did your streaming channel yeah, yeah. grow very fast in like a linear fashion, or or was it like most streamers where you have to do that? You have to do that grind of streaming to like three people for a year before mm -hmm. you get that magic algorithm day and you've got your first hundred people following <laughs> you. You're like, aha, I've made it. I've cracked the system. Like, how did it work for you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so let me run you like through the like the turning point really. Like uh, I, I was streaming for like 30 people for like, I think like almost a year. Um, and uh, at that point that was- not not anything yeah, so, to frown at either. That's a no, pretty no, no. good number no, for I'm the majority not. of streamers, yeah. For sure. Well, At well that point, actually, that was the maximum amount of viewers you could get on the F1 category on, on Twitch. So I was okay. the biggest streamer on Twitch, English speaking, <laughs> basically, with 30 viewers. So, um, I, I mean, I was, I was killing it uh, in that regard, but I was just having fun, really. Uh, and then at some point, I, I was still using assist and stuff. I was still, like, still relatively new to sim racing and just having fun. And then uh, F1 actually came into my Twitch chat. And they said, yo, Tom, check your email. I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What's, what's going on here then? So I checked my email and there was an invite to try and qualify for the Formula One eSports Pro Draft, which was like, um, yeah, basically a way to get a super license to be signed by an F1 team. Wow. So, um, yeah, I, I actually uh, only had two days while the rest of the people who got invited were super quick and they had two weeks. So I had two days to try and qualify. Oh, wow. It was a time trial event at Abu Dhabi and um, uh, in uh, in the Mercedes uh, equal car. So I tried to I basically just put as much time as I could into it until the middle of the night. Like it was 4 a.m. I was I was not even done. So at some point I put a left thumb in. I was like, um, I mean, I'm satisfied with it. And remember, I at that point was using assist and I had to put off the assist to actually qualify or yeah, try and qualify it's a for new that game at that point it's a completely different experience yeah. then yeah any so anyhow i i i tried it so i did my best i i put as many hours as i could into it with, with, within the two days that i had and uh i think one or two weeks later i got an email back and they said congratulations you qualified for the f1 wow. esports pro draft and i was like wow what I'm just, I'm just this guy who was just happen? streaming for fun. I, I never had aspirations to qualify for esports. I knew at that point I was actually quite decent at, at sim racing. Uh, I wasn't like necessarily competing competitively or anything like that in league races. But um, yeah, so I did that and yeah, I qualified. So I was able to go to London to try and basically impress the F1 teams to to get a seat in F1 esports. Unfortunately, then um, we all know what happened mm -hmm. uh, around the world. <laughs> no, we're not. But um, <laughs> the so basically, uh, it was done online, and we we couldn't really race. So normally, it was was going to be a draft, and the best drivers would be drafted for the teams. But this this time around, they had to do interviews with us. So there was one team and one team only that had an interview with me, and that was uh, Alpine back in the day, Renault actually still Renault right um so yeah we talked about basically I, I was trying to convince them that I was going to be the best F1 esports drivers that they could pick <laughs> but um at the same time I told them I never I, I don't have an aspiration to become a professional F1 esports driver I told them like my dream would be to um work together with an 
F1 esports team or with an F1 team to bridge the gaps between sim racing and real racing. Because I feel like, and I still do, there is, I mean, a, a big gap and it doesn't necessarily have to be that big because there's so much similarities between sim racing and real racing. Um, and I would, I, at that point, I, I really wanted to try and see if I could do something with the team to try and yeah, bridge those gaps. So um, that is basically how my current role got about. And that is, uh, yeah, an ambassador for the Alpine esports team. And that happened in 2021 in mm. April. So that was three months. No, that was almost actually almost a year after I qualified. So you can imagine there was a lot of preparation that, that went into that and a lot of talks that went into that as well. So yeah, I just kept on streaming. Mm. I grew out to like, 300 average viewers during during that time where I was just doing my thing and then in April 2021 I, I signed as uh, uh, the Alpine Esports ambassador and uh, I still amazing. am yeah that is That's a very amazing. cool story and, and what was it like when you when you got to the when you when you saw those numbers increasing and you started to see oh, 50 people now like 70 people 100 mm -hmm. people there must have been a, a point where you were like is this is this the Alpine effect or like they're here for me or they're here for Alpine like how did you deal with <laughs> How did you deal with that many people coming into the stream? Did did you react to it? Did, or did you try and just be like, right, well, I'm going to just be Tom. Uh -huh. It's going to be normal Tom. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to react to the fact that the numbers are massive. How did you cope <laughs> with it? I, I remember the very first time I reached 40 viewers. Uh, I was like nervous. Oh my goodness, there's a whole classroom full of people like watching <laughs> me right now. Oh, oh my god. Like, what do I do? What like, unit of measurement. Do I say something? Like, right? Like, yeah. Like, honestly, I mean, it's completely normal. I guess everybody has that. But uh, at some point, like, I mean, I've always really enjoyed having people around. And I think with me, in terms of content creation, uh, what I really enjoy is like making people's days and like seeing the reaction in real time as well. Um, like w what they think because um i love entertaining i really do and that's like my favorite part of of of, of my job uh nowadays with streaming like entertaining and then in real time seeing people laughing or having fun but also like yeah. the messages coming in like oh man tom you made my day like if they say that then they make my day you know so um yeah no like um i really i, st I started growing before i i joined alpine as well really um so I don't think necessarily uh, it came from Alpine uh, at that point, but yeah, you don't want um, them to obviously, have the glory. <laughs> I mean, no, but obviously <laughs> we we have done some super super cool stuff since I've 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 joined Alpine, and um, like without them, some of the stuff that I've done would have never ever mm -hmm. ever been possible. So uh, it's definitely helped in the last year or so to to grow, but um, no, I think. Uh, I think on my own, I, I've done a, a very good job to get in that, into that position as well. Yeah. But I also feel like because sim racing is so new and because there's no, there, there were not a lot of people who were doing it. Like I said, I started out with 30 viewers, which was the most, and I kind of like grew with the popularity of F1 as well. Mm. Um, yeah. it kind, I was just kind of there at the right time, right place in like a developing uh, scene, really. Yeah, Formula One. Well, We've all seen how how uh, popular it became in the last few years. So when when you were going, <clears throat> when you saw yourself grow from 30 to 40, did you start doing all of the advice that's out there in the world of content creation where you're like, okay, well now I have to start producing YouTube videos and I have to start putting Instagram reels and, and then I have to 
TikTok. Mm -hmm. I have to start putting stuff on there because, you know, they always say diversify your content and everything (laughs) like that so you can grow. Or did was it more of just a natural thing where you just kept doing what you were doing and it just ended up working for you? Because, you know, there's there's thousands, millions of those budding content creators out there that are dying to try to grow to the level that you did. And, you know, what was your experience like? Did you do the typical advice or was it just kind of natural for you? I think um, the most important thing in content creation is not necessarily, I mean, obviously people are giving advice and there's hundreds of millions of people like listening to that advice, right? Um, Oh, yeah. I think the most important thing is to be unique because people want to see something that they've not seen before, but also something that they enjoy. So like being unique and being entertaining, it depends a little bit. There's two ways to grow. Either you are the best of the best, right? You're like an esports driver. For example, Jarno Opmeer, super, super good. I mean, I can watch him for days just hitting those apexes perfectly. Um, Or you are the best at what you do. Uh, Perhaps you're a super good uh, analytical guy, right? You you analyze all uh, kinds of like sim racing uh, races. Or you are the best at entertaining. Or you have just like a super unique personality. You do super funny stuff or whatever. Like it's all about finding something that nobody else does. Uh, that is close to your own personality because, I mean, I just love doing this and just love making a fool of myself and and entertaining. That's me, you know. <clears throat> like and yeah. and to try and capitalize on that and then just go all in uh, and and be unique. That's the, that's the most important advice I could give. Be unique, but be yourself, obviously. But be unique. Like you can follow all the advice, but if you don't do something that nobody else does, you will never grow. Yeah, you have to have a hook. You have to have something. Something that's, I guess the biggest problem with people following a lot of the advice that you see out there is that they aren't being themselves. They're trying to be something else that the world is telling them to be, and then they lose themselves. So good advice. Listen to that. (laughs) (laughs) How much of this have you been able to do as an Alpine ambassador? So obviously we're going to get onto the big reveal, what you've done. But presumably (laughs) that wasn't the first thing you did with Alpine. There must have been other events you've been to and, and other ambassadoring that you've done with them what what sort of, <laughs> what, what sort of things were they i have ambassadored all the way through <laughs> last season of uh, of f1 esports as well so uh, it started off basically um as me trying to give more of like an insight to what happens in in the f1 esports season right because those guys are like insane they they they, they work on nine to five work days really like it's literally just a full-time job and maybe sometimes even more so i basically followed them all the way throughout last season so i went to france to the alpine esports headquarters where they actually drove all the races from made like cool insights insightful like youtube videos showing what goes on in a live of an f1 esports driver um and some really cool events for example we did an alpine esports um event in the middle of paris where esteban ocon actually took on uh, the esports drivers and some uh, French content creators, and I was like doing commentary uh, on that. Um, I mean, there's so much stuff that I had, <laughs> that I've done now that I'm they're probably gonna miss miss out on a couple of stuff. Uh, I went to Hungary uh, for the Grand Prix. That's cool. Um, yeah, there's just but there's a lot more stuff on the horizon really now that that esports and F1 esports itself is starting to like develop into something. Uh, yeah, really like entertaining. It's like a show. It has a storyline, you know? It's 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 basically like real F1. 
Um, it is. Yeah. It definitely is. I mean, we were talking to Seb, we've talked to Jeff McConey, and, and we've compared the similarities between sim racing and, and real racing. And some of the knowledge that you do pick up really does transfer over to the actual racetrack. And even Seb was saying that, you know, some of the some of the esports drivers can eventually get themselves a seat in a real car if they work I mean, on it. I, I'm the perfect guy to talk to in that regard. <laughs> yes, you are. So tell us about we'll, it. Uh, we'll get it. So yeah. how did that happen? Yes, please. Okay, so so to be honest, I actually how it started off, I don't actually remember really. We were on a we were on a, a meeting, and uh, all of a sudden, like we were just like, because basically, I want to do the coolest things that have never been done before in sim racing. I really want to to do some stuff that has never been done before, some cool stuff like to try and like elevate the scene. That would be I would love to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about like cool stuff to do, and all of a sudden they said like, "Yo, Tom." Um, we're gonna put you in an F1 car. I wouldn't even know what my mind would do if someone told me that. (laughs) I mean, I don't even remember what I did, but you're like, what? I'm like, yeah, of course, dude. (laughs) Of course, yeah, you're gonna put me in an F1 car, yeah, like a miniature (laughs) F1 car, like in the game. No, an actual F1 car. I was like, what? No way, no way. So eventually, I uh, it kind of settled down, and I was like, "Wait, so?" And then the fear started setting in. It's actually gonna happen, and yeah, I mean, obviously, like in terms of like some context, like I started off the very first experience I have with driving is in my own road car. I only have my driver license for four years. I've never gone quicker than. 140 kilometers an hour because I have a Daihatsu Kuori from 1999 automatic okay. car with no power steering. It's wow. amazing. Uh, it's like a car. Nice. <laughs> that sounds like it has character. But um, it has, <laughs> yeah. It's a green car. It looks like Mr. It looks like Mr. Bean's car. Actually, nice. it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, that thing, if I go full throttle on the on the highway, it almost falls apart. So, um, so that's my experience. And I've never raced in my entire in the entirety of my life uh, apart from sim racing, which I have a lot of experience in, right? Sim racing. So um, I was like, I mean, let's see how that is going to be like. But um, yeah, so it was a it's basically the the F one experience was um, a full day of of driving uh, Formula Four to get ready, but also to assess my capabilities because if sure. you don't. Yeah, if you don't drive well enough, they say, Tom, we don't trust you with the F1 car, right? So mm-hmm. I was actually super nervous just for that reason because I was not going to sl- let this opportunity slip away from mm. me. But the, like, the Formula yeah. 4 car itself must have been pretty cool. Like, if somebody said to me, oh, you, do you want to go and drive a Formula 4? I'd be pretty excited mm-hmm. by that. So the idea of them being like, so you're going to just do a little warm-up in this little Formula 4 car, like that must have been pretty cool too. And a full day. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So there was uh, three uh, sessions of Formula 4. Uh, first one was with a safety car to get um, uh, kind of like the feel of it. Um, and then after that, two more sessions to kind of like f- uh, get some feedback from the engineers and then um, kind of get rid of the mistakes and break later, break better, all of that stuff. So um, actually, um, before I get into like how, how it felt and stuff, like the Formula 4 car was was a lot of fun, but very hard to drive. Um, really? It was actually <clears throat> harder to drive than the Formula 1 car. Wow. 
the F4 car. That's interesting. Okay. Why do you think it was that actually is? harder? Well, um, I would say it's because the Formula 4 car doesn't have like the engine isn't like the F1 car felt like an electrical car, like shifting down, for example. It just did what you wanted. The Formula okay. 4 car, you have to wait for the engine. Mm. Uh, you can't go like uh, shift down like straight away, boom, boom, boom. You have to like boom, boom, boom. You have to like time it perfectly in the braking zone uh, due to the engine just not wanting you to shift down with the high revs. Right. Uh, but also like the physicality. It was so much more physical uh, in the Formula 4 car because okay. like the, the steering and stuff was a lot harder. Um, F1 car was just a lot more it's- like streamlined really. It's the big budget car. It's the it's the cream yeah. of the crop, if you will. It's the, yeah. the best one they it's, have, it's, I guess. It's right? got all the extras, all the mod cons. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. But, so, like driving the Formula Four car, the most interesting thing about it, like just going through like the experience, right, to start off. Um, I got in the car, and immediately, actually, they they advised me to drive first with my right foot on the brakes. So, like in a normal automatic car, you brake with your right foot. And I told them, like, I don't think that's going to be very, like, uh, clever for me to do because I already, like, drive with two foot, right? Two feet uh, in my sim. So, why would I, should I do that? And they said, you know what, because because it's you, like, because you already do that, you can can try and do it, like, like you do it in the sim racing uh, uh, seat as well. Were you were you nervous so, about their response there? Because that that's the, almost like the meme, isn't it? Be like, don't worry, guys, I've done this in the sim. I'm a sim racer. <laughs> don't worry, guys, I'm yeah, a sim so, racer. Yeah. <laughs> so I went into the day um, knowing as well, of course, that they were assessing me, and they were also they're not just assessing you on your capabilities; they're also assessing you on how you behave. So. If you are very aggressive, if you if you are telling them like, yeah, I'm gonna put the fastest lap time and stuff. Um, then obviously their confidence in you is going to drop <laughs> because they do not want you to push all out uh, right. in the F1 car. They don't. They don't want lunatics <laughs> in the F in the F1 car, right? <laughs> so uh, I I got into the day already thinking like, yeah, I need to make sure that, that whatever I ask, I'm like sensible, and I just ask it to yeah, as like feedback, not as like trying to like boast or whatever, like boast my my ego or, or stuff like that. So I just asked them, like, so I do this in sim racing. Could I do that? Do it here, or is it cl- more clever to do it with the right foot? And they said, yeah, you can try it. Just be very careful. So I did it, and the first time I went out on track, I don't know what it was. I mean, getting away was actually a, a task and a half with the clutch, but I, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> it was, it was like when I was underway. Okay, um, it was just skip ahead to just, that reel, and yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was just it was just it felt like I've I had done it before. Um hmm. braking, acceleration, it was so natural. I mean the the F4 car was very like like when I tried to accelerate my head went all the way forward because the <laughs> engine just it just didn't want to cooperate. But still, like uh mm. in terms of like driving itself, it just felt like I had done it before. And obviously obviously I have, right? In the simulator, but it just felt like I had experience. Well, I didn't have experience. It's very weird mm. to say it. It's, I don't, I, it's similar I'm not saying enough. this. Yeah, I'm not saying this because it's like a cool story or whatever, but it was actually true. Like, um, I felt like a kind of confidence. I wasn't like scared um, because I, I'd, I'd kind of done it before. And what was really, really cool to see when we came back after the first session and the second session of Formula 4 was that I was actually the only one of the participants 
to use the right, or at least in my group that we were uh, doing the sessions in, the only one that was doing the right breaking technique. So I'm sure mm. you guys know this, um, like trail breaking, right? The trail breaking technique, going hard first and then letting loose of the brake uh, slowly. That is how you break a Formula car, uh, whether it's Formula 4 or Formula 1. You brake very hard first, the brakes start to work, and then once you slow down, you got to slowly let loose of the brakes because otherwise you lock up. So everybody was uh, just braking very light into the turns, also probably not necessarily knowing how the car would react. But I know, and also I've like read everywhere that you have to brake super, super hard to make the brakes work. So I, I kind of tried to brake harder and harder. Um, and uh, I was the only one really who had like the telemetry of like the trail braking, and that's how we were supposed okay. to do it. So that was super, super interesting. Uh, I, I don't think I can uh, I can actually share <laughs> oh, okay. that because it was like a, it was like a partner event. So there were like okay. partners of, of Alpine and stuff. So I don't think I could share it, but there were like, um, yeah, like like people who had also never driven an F1 car. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, right. doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> that is, Everyone. That is an exclusive. <laughs> That's most of the world. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when it comes to power, did they, did they limit the power of the F1 car at all? Or did they let you go? Was it all full? configured to 100%. I don't know what I would say there, but you know, mm -hmm. did they limit the engine at all so that you guys were a little safer in the F1 or did they yeah. just let you go? Yeah, so so going into the 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 F1 car, um it was um it uh, they they limited seventh gear because we actually did a different uh, like layout mm. of the Paul Ricard track because we drove around Paul Ricard, right? The French uh, Grand Prix track. Okay. Um the most confusing so we drove... track on the planet. Yes, Great. yes. And then and they we drove an even it. more confusing layout. Yep. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we went to the right in the first turn. You can already imagine oh, that was... Uh... <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, now, to be honest, I, I got up to speed quite quickly with that one. Um, but, yeah, they limited seventh gear because we had a little bit of a, like, shorter straights because of it. Okay. We didn't have the long, like, back straight. Mm -hmm. uh, because we went to the right straight away. Yeah. So that was perfect, actually. And the thing is, I think I still went like 280 kilometers an hour or something like that. Wow. Which is mental. And you're not going to feel the difference <laughs> no. between, between 280 no. and 310 or something. Um, That's insane. So, and uh, I think they, they might have put a little bit of... Oh, we didn't have DRS. I mean, who needs DRS when you're already going so quickly when you're a noob, <laughs> right. right? When you're just a newbie. <laughs> Uh, and uh, there might have been like a, maybe a, I don't know this but there might have been like a little bit of traction control or something like that like they made yeah. it as easy as possible for us to drive yet still uh, yeah it was like yeah it was just an amazing experience but before we go into the F1 car right so uh, after the F4 I had to do the seat fit so I was super scared about this because we had two F1 cars there and one of them was made for like taller people like me and one of them for smaller uh, people. So I am 186 centimeters, which was actually one seat centimeter taller than the maximum limit. So I was already very scared oh. that I was not going to fit, right? Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of weight, it was all right. Um, but um, yeah, so I've, I went for the, for the seat fit and like I could feel like the headrest was like lifting on my shoulders, like almost like okay. pushing me down. Mm -hmm. So it was so, so, so tight. But I was like... All right, 
like I'm just gonna sit as much as I can downwards, and I'm gonna like like bend my I back or whatever. I will pretend like this is comfortable. <laughs> I don't care. Exactly. Like I don't care. I'm gonna flip and fit, even <laughs> if I break my neck or whatever. I'm going to fit. So um, yeah, I at the end I actually had super super bruised shoulders. Don't tell Alpine; they're not gonna like it. But uh, yeah, it's super bruised shoulders. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was all worth, worth it. it. And during the seat fit, we also had to do a safety check, right? So we had to, to get the headrest out. And I also had to test how much brake force I could do. Because if you couldn't get past a certain point, you were not allowed to drive. So once again, super nervous. <laughs> because uh, I was like, I need to do this. If I fail now, then I will never forgive myself. So <laughs> I was super nervous. So I stamped the brakes. And actually, I had the full brake pressure that was on the laptop. Nice. And that is something, yeah, they, the thing is, nobody really does that. Uh, they were actually, like, surprised. They were, like, looking around hmm. and, like, wait, what? Is that all those single, uh, well, single so leg was, squats you'd been doing for weeks beforehand? You're like, you're like well, sorry, that's my sim well, racer leg. So, <laughs> yeah, no, actually, no, but that's the thing. Because um, I use, like, uh, load, cell, load cells right now on my, on my break, right? And those are mm -hmm. already, like, 80 kilos. So, like, my theory <laughs> is that... Um, uh, having like the load cell already like prepares you a little bit in terms of like the forces you have to apply because um, that's like not everyone does that amount of uh, pressure. Like, right. Normal people, I'm saying normal people, but like people who don't do sim racing. <laughs> all, those, um, all those people who've never been in a formula car, those normal <laughs> people. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like like people who, who've never done sim racing, they, they, they actually didn't put like the... They put a plenty uh, amount of uh, of brake force, but I didn't put like the amount that I did. So I feel right. like uh, having that experience with like the load cell pedals, the brake pedals, in my sim rig actually helped me there as well. I was very surprised because I thought it was I was just about gonna get enough, but uh, yeah, it was actually hmm. quite comfortable there. You know, this reminds me of the conversation I had with Cami from Go for the Gap. And have you ever tried in your actual car to do left foot braking? Oh, I, I, I'm too scared to do it. <laughs> I've done it once. And uh -huh. it's How just, does it work? Uh, not, it doesn't. It, you stamp on the brake and you <laughs> slam yourself forward because yeah. I don't know why. You just mentally, you think, okay, sim race braking, bam. And then all of a sudden, you know, all the hydraulics come into play and a road car doesn't need that much pressure for a brake ever. And, you know, you slam on the brakes and skid your tires and go, okay, that didn't work out. Back to right foot braking we go. <laughs> but now that you have to try it now, you know that, right? <sighs> the thing you is, in, in normal it. road cars, does it really work? I don't know. Like, Are they set no, up to do left foot braking? It's like, absolutely not, right? unnecessary and not supposed to be done. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you have to try. Like, you got to give it a shot. <laughs> Maybe I should try it. Total lost my Mr. Bean car. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So just yeah, make sure no, no but, one's behind you because you're gonna slam on your brakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it felt like that in the Formula Four car. Like every time I went to to do like ex like an acceleration or something out of out of a corner, like it was so like 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 blocky. Like it didn't really? feel like very smooth in terms of acceleration. I just like my head like all of a sudden like shot forward. Like uh, hmm. also actually under braking, like it was just like. You could really feel the gears getting into mm. into uh, into place. Like it was just like impressive when, in terms of the forces. While when you say that, it 
Man, it makes me wonder if like F3 is like a small upgrade and then F2 is like yeah. a small upgrade again. And then F1 is obviously the top level. I wonder if there's iterations and it just kind of gets better and better and better until you hit one. It's interesting. I, th- I, I don't know. Maybe I have to try the Formula 3 and Formula 2 car as well now. Oh, you have to. You have to. You have to. So how much actually, coaching you... Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> how much coaching did you get between the two sessions, right? So you'd done the Formula 4 yeah. and then you'd done the seat fit and you'd done the brake test mm-hmm. and you'd done the safety test. And then there must have been an overnight or a period before the F1 test or other people are yes. out and you kind of stood around. Did you get much coaching about how to do it, what to do, what not to do? Is there anything that you're like, oh, I wasn't expecting that advice? Yeah, so there was a, a load of coaching, uh, as you could expect uh, before being ready to get into an F1 car. Um, like also, I would say mental coaching because getting into an F1 car or, or preparing to get into an F1 car is a big thing. Like, uh, obviously, I mean, even thinking about it, really, like you would get nervous, right? Like, oh, like imagine you would drive an F1 car on that day. Um, yeah, you would get nervous. Yeah, but um, just a little bit during. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. But during <laughs> those sessions, like the Formula Four sessions, uh, right after the first one behind the safety car, we started it off slowly. Uh, I started getting a little bit more more confidence in myself, and I also never really tried to like push all out to try and find like the, the actual limit. So that was quite comfortable as well. But um, like especially after the sessions, we came back and then we had uh, debriefing sessions with the engineers. So we had like um, uh, one engineer who was following like our group the whole day. And um, we were looking at the telemetry uh, after every session and we got like feedback every single time. So for example, brake later here, or um, you have to brake harder and then let loose of the brake. Like for example, the trail braking or um, mm. accelerate more in the straight <clears throat> line. So actually this was <laughs> quite scary, but on my very first lap behind the safety car, so it was like an Alpine A110 opening lap, uh, behind the safety car with the Formula 4, I actually almost lost the car because I was accelerating <laughs> and I was still steering a little bit. And, you know, that doesn't really go all too mm. well. But I didn't expect it to be that sensitive. So I was accelerating and I felt the rear, like, step out. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I went <laughs> I went straight away back in. So that was my very first lap I did behind, like, the safety car in the Formula 4. So... I was like stopped. Yes, I was like, not already, guys. Come on. (laughs) So after that, I came back into the pits and I stepped out and I said to the guy, "Did you see me?" Like he said, "Yes, (laughs) (laughs) yes." So what happened was you turned the the steering wheel a little bit and accelerated, which is something you really must not do. So um, that was my first uh, bit of feedback. Um, And then through the sessions, we looked at the telemetry. My main bit of feedback really was that I had to break later because uh, I was already like quite confident with with uh, the way I had to break and the way I had to like uh, accelerate and maybe to turn in later for some corners or turn in earlier for some corners as well uh, to get the perfect line but um, I mean I already kind of know how to like approach corners from like sim racing so uh, yeah. In that regard, I wasn't like approaching the corner from the inside, and then, and then you know, like I was outside, inside, outside, right? How you're supposed to do it. Uh, so that knowledge was already there, but um, yeah, like just how to feel the car and stuff. That was something I just learned throughout the sessions. 
Um, and then at some point in the last session, I had a, I asked my engineer like, so should I push on the first lap already under braking? Because I wanted to try and break later and later. That was my feedback for for the first turn. Um, so I asked him like, should I break later here already in the first lap or should I take it easy? He was like, no, 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 take it easy in the first lap because the tires are cold, right? Yeah. So yeah, I was like, <clears throat> okay. And then I went out <laughs> the first <laughs> lap. I went to the first turn. I I don't know why, but I, I break very late and I completely locked up the tires, like completely flat spotted the tires. <laughs> so I went back into the pits and I went out and the guy came to me. He said, what was that, dude? You literally asked me. Um, you literally, like I asked him, right? He wasn't even telling it to me. I asked him, should I break uh, or should I break a little bit earlier in the first lap? He said, yes, yes. So I break late and I look and then at the tires. You just ignore that you, advice you just heard no, altogether. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I was actually very scared after that because I know that they are very serious in that regard, right? If you don't follow orders or if you ask them what you do, what you need to do, and then you literally do the opposite, <laughs> they're they're gonna take it seriously, right? So right. I was like, oh man, like oh, please don't let this uh, influence the opinion on whether I can drive the F1 car because I was actually sound, doing like. The build-up yeah. to the F1 car sounds like some of the most stressful. It's stressful. Like, yeah. Oh, if you don't drive the F4 car, you can't drive the F1 car. Oh, if you're too tall, you can't drive the F1 car. Yeah. Oh, if you can't push the brake hard enough, you can't drive the F1 car. Oh, like, <laughs> there's just all these things that are just like, um, yeah, you got to pass all these special tests, and they just keep adding more and more and more, it seems like. And then it almost gears you up, it sounds like, to when you're actually in the F1 car, you've already, mm -hmm. like expelled all of your nerves and you're like okay well i got here so let's drive <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah that's the thing it was like the full f1 experience i it was stressful as well like like the the f1 drivers they're stressful for a different reason because they're about to go and battle side by side for points but for me it was a very first experience in something as crazy as that and uh, it was super stressful for me as well because i had to uh, do my best really like I had to do my best and if if it wasn't my best then it was it was not going to be enough so right. yeah like building up to it um, we also had other things like the the debriefings also mm. like the safety briefing uh, yeah. a lot of safety briefings and uh, like a reflex test um, which like the F1 drivers do as well to prepare for mm. for races with like was it like oh, the, the glowing again? dots on the wall yes. that light up yes it was it that? has yeah. a okay. it has a name but I don't I don't remember what it's called I want one in my home nowadays <laughs> it's uh, I tried it there and I really would like one in my home as well now it's actually a lot of fun so how many <laughs> the, of the buttons did you get to use like there's a lot of buttons on a steering wheel oh, okay, for a track yeah. day was it like okay no 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 don't worry about that you you, you just need accelerate and brake and gear up gear down that's all you need or were you having to make changes on the wheel so it was it was literally just um the wheel that they used in the in the in the real life season right it was the 2012 lotus e20 driven by kimi raikkonen wow in abu dhabi so it was the chassis that he drove with um so okay. the actual f1 car uh so it was basically like that steering wheel that he drove with as well uh, with a lot of buttons, they said you do not have to remember anything except for <laughs> shifting up, shifting down, um, and the clutch. Yeah, yeah, and the clutch because there was a clutch beneath the uh, on the left hand side as well. So they basically we would go into the car, 
um, we would get strapped in, they would basically roll us out onto the pit lane, and then we would engage first gear uh, clutch, and then we didn't even press any brake or, 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 or throttle, and then we would slowly release the clutch, and then mm -hmm. the car was literally going to roll by itself. And then at some point when the clutch was completely released, I uh, went into, uh, or I, no, I didn't even go into a different gear. I just put a little bit of throttle and I was off driving an actual F1 car. What was that <laughs> feeling like when you left the pit lane for the first time wow. in an F1 car, open track? What was it like? I mean, I actually, like, I was, like, incredibly nervous uh, waiting uh, to get into the car. I was, like, really, really nervous. But when I got into the car and when we drove, when, when they rolled us out, I was actually, like, I don't, I don't even remember. I, it just clicked or whatever, and I was just, like, probably adrenaline as well. I was just like, I don't think I was actually nervous. It was just like, I want to do my best and I want to just, like, maybe, I like just, I was just very uh, uh, curious, really. I don't like, know. To it's, see. It's, it, it would feel like the excitement would overwhelm you to the point of, like, calm. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Like, that was, like that just, was exactly what happened. Of, you're in the car and you're just, like, you're thinking kind of clearly because you're so excited, you're just calm. Yeah. Like, Nice and even. I was in the zone, really. Like, yeah. I I wasn't really thinking about anything except for just driving, obviously having fun. But, like, going out of the pits, I wasn't necessarily thinking about having fun. It was more about, like, let's drive and let's keep it on the track. Not, like, <laughs> together, scary man. kind of keep it on the track. Yeah, not, not necessarily, like, scary kind of, like, keep it on the track, but more like, let's, let's drive, right? So I actually had an engineer in my ear. So he helped me to to release the clutch. Super cool, by the way. It feels like you're an actual F1 driver. I mean, I kind of was, but <laughs> like, technically. <laughs> so he was like on my ear, like, "Yo, okay, Tom, um, release the clutch. Go, go, go. Have fun, mate." And then I was off out onto the track uh, with my earbuds in and uh, the, the engine screaming, like you know, the V8 engine, like me, like. Oh man. Just incredible. I can't even imagine. What did the uh, what was the acceleration like when you first put your foot? properly down on the accelerator like what did that feel like so i went out onto the pits right so um there was no pit limiter so i was already like rolling quite nicely and the first turn was straight away to the right so i couldn't really like accelerate yet um so i was like taking it very easy for the first couple of turns and then you get to the second straight before i don't know what corner that is called like um the fast right-hander in uh, in uh, mm -hmm. in France, like it's literally uh, full uh, throttle, but like no lift, but uh, it's very scary. I don't, I don't know <laughs> which one it's called, but anyhow. So we went out onto the uh, the acceleration there, which was still pretty decent straight, and I was like, all right, you know what, Tom, go full throttle, and I was actually like quite confident as well that I was able to like break the car down in time for the next one, even though normally it would be uh no no lift off or whatever but i was like i'm gonna break so i went full throttle and like even though i was fully strapped in i could literally feel like my soul staying like <laughs> five meters behind while i was like <laughs> full ham like like accelerating like shifting up and my, my the wind came underneath my 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 chin like pushing it up as well i was like trying to to keep my head in a straight line uh going into the turn and um <laughs> I was like, okay, let's break now already because they put like uh, pylons to to break. 
which wasn't necessarily needed for that turn, like I said, but I, I break in time, uh, I, I went down a, a gear, and I just got through the turn slowly but surely, and I was like, holy moly, what? Compared to the Formula 4 I car, can't mental. Even. It's it's not, it's literally a night and day difference. Like, nothing compares to an F1 car. Actually so at crazy. what point? At what were you in the F4 or the F1 car when you went? Oh, this feels kind of like sim racing. Did that mm -hmm. did that thought actually go through your head where you're like, oh, this feels oddly familiar because of sim racing? Yes, I would say the Formula Four car did not feel like that necessarily. Only okay. like I said on the braking technique and the acceleration and stuff. But the F1 car f literally felt like it was digital, like the gear shifts. Wow. You could barely feel them. Like you felt a little bit when you shifted in. Yeah, it was yeah, exactly. It was like a blink of a of a finger, like bloop. Uh, maybe yeah. a little bit of a of a of a feeling you could feel on the head going forwards and backwards. Um, but when you wanted to shift down, you just go full throttle or full full on brake and just bum 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 bum. And then wow. it was <laughs> it was truly. And then I think in like lap two because I had an out lap, hot lap, and an in lap. Uh, by lap two. I had a little bit more space in my head to actually mm. think. <laughs> oh, so yeah, first yeah. lap, I was kind of exploring, uh, trying to do the lines, not necessarily going all out yet, right? Um, and then at some point, I got through the, I think it was, yeah, the last sector. Uh, I think on the second lap, so on the actual hot lap. And uh, I was thinking to myself, holy moly, I'm driving an F1 car. <laughs> and I actually... I know that, yeah, that uh, moment in your mind where you find yeah. like you all of a sudden check into what's happening and you're like, yep. wow, I can't believe this is actually real. That's amazing. So I got through the last like the last turn and a big acceleration zone, right? So I um I was smiling like a lot uh, <laughs> at that point. I, I realized I'm driving that phone car. Now, Tom, let's go and enjoy it. You're in control. At that point I was like, I'm in control. Uh, I'm not going to do anything stupid. I'm just going to have fun. Uh, nothing is going to happen. I wasn't nervous whatsoever at that point because obviously I drove the F4 car before, so I know what, what a car does on the track now because that was my first <clears throat> experience probably, with a race car. It probably felt relieving going from an F4 car where you say it was kind of difficult to drive and then mm -hmm. sitting in the F1 car and having it <laughs> kind of just like feel right. It probably yeah. was relieving so that you could kind of loosen up and have fun. Because if it was the opposite and the F1 car was way harder to drive, that would have been almost no fun because then you're struggling to drive the car and you're struggling with yep. just getting the feel for it. But going the direction that you did where the F4 was better or was harder, that's yep. amazing. So I can just yeah. imagine like you you get that comfort feeling in, in your gut and you go, no, you're you're okay. Have some fun. Exactly. No, exactly. That, that was the feeling, really. Like, I was so, um, like, confident in myself. Not overconfident, um, because obviously I was still exploring, like, what the car can do. And, like, you're trying to find some limits, but at the same time, you're not trying to find limits, because if you're finding limits, you're going to go over them, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And yep. you don't want that. And they don't want that. So uh, that's why they, they give you three laps, right? Uh, at the mm -hmm. end of the, the last lap, I was so confident that I was like, all right, let's do a quick lap. Oh, wait, uh, let's go back into the pits. Uh, <laughs> right? How you know? did it feel but, on the um, neck? Was it, were you going fast enough around the corners to really feel those like G-forces? Yeah, so I could have gone, obviously, a lot quicker through the corners with, with the F1 car. I, I mean, I don't necessarily have a trained neck. Um, 
I could definitely feel the forces, but I don't think I went necessarily quick enough to do the corners to mm-hmm. really have have like a, a massive impact. I went I would say okay. I went like I I could have done more with the F1 car through the corners, but I was I was primarily just having fun. Sure. On the acceleration and <clears throat> braking, I was going all out. Like um I was not holding back there. But I, I feel like through the corners I wasn't confident enough to go full on yet. Because mm-hmm. I mean if you get a snap or anything like that, like the F1 car goes so quickly through the corners that you don't have a lot of time to like correct. But I mean I did go I wouldn't say I went slow. Uh, through the corners, but I just made sure that I was gonna do the f- all three laps. You went to survive, uh, and I would can. also, yeah. But right. I went quicker than the F4 car, that's for sure. Through the corners, <laughs> that, <would> be- <laughs> that is for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, and it felt way more comfortable. It was literally after the three laps, I was like, I can do like thirty or forty more, like just that's continuously. Insane. While with the Formula Four car, after like ten minutes, I was completely tired i was mm. like oh man yeah, like, i just wanted... yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah. what's the yeah what's the output from this is there any content coming or was there like a vlog done or, or what's what was the what, what was it you were trying to get out of that day mm-hmm. so obviously <clears throat> i was actually um that was pretty pretty cool the very first sim racing driver of an f1 esports team to drive a real f1 car and nice. I mean, with that also to like make a statement, right? That mm-hmm. open esports commitment to yeah. to F1 esports and 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 sim racing in general is there, right? They're the only team ever to put a sim racer in in an F1 car. Uh, mm-hmm. But also actually to I actually live streamed it live on Twitch. So this was the first time ever that somebody driving an F1 car in general was streamed live. That's amazing. Like, and I hope the numbers because obviously were good. <laughs> it was yeah it was it was really really good and I I'm, I'm gonna make a video out of it as well for my for my main YouTube channel uh, and that live stream is available on YouTube as well. Um, well, make sure you let us know when you do release that because then we yep. can talk about that. We talked about it on the show and then here's the actual content for what we were talking about. Yeah, that's gonna I be mean, cool. I'm excited to see I that think, personally because uh, I wanna. <laughs> I want to watch that. Do you know what, Chris? Yeah, I mean, anybody will, will, will like watching that. I think, I mean, still watching it back, I, I remember like even a month after I've done it, uh, mm. I was still saying like every hour or so, like, what the flip? That's I drove cool. an F1 car. And I have the footage, so I mean, I'm not, I've not been dreaming, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did I dream that? Was that was that last night when I was sleeping? What's, what happened there? Honestly, so, Tom, listening what to are this the chances story... Of- sorry listening to listening to this story of like sim racing to real racing you go out onto the out out from the pits onto the road you put your foot down and you feel that power really reminds me of the 4ka you know you know that racing that that, that racing that we do at Gridfinder. so you mentioned earlier on the race we do is called enduro car and we race the 4ka uh and we went from Mm -hmm. sim sim racing to real racing and endurance racing um (laughs) <laughs> you skipped a couple steps with your your journey into f1 yeah we started with a <laughs> yeah we have a, so i remember i was watching the singapore grand prix today and martin brundle was talking about the the formula one's uh, limp home mode essentially right so he was saying that um some of the cars ran out of fuel during fp3 so they got home on the battery the battery's like 160 brake horsepower the other 840 is the engine and i was like wow they're uh 
their limp home mode has three times more horsepower than the 4K <laughs> that we race around. <laughs> I was like, that really puts it into perspective. <laughs> no, but the, you know what? The, the funny thing is, like, in terms of that, like, um, because the 4K is a completely different car, uh, it, it, you don't need necessarily the horsepower to, to get that racing feel. Because uh, when you compare the F1 car to the F4 car, uh, like I said, like the F4 car was tougher to drive. So, yeah. like, if the F4 car would have gone as quickly as the F1 car, it would have been undrivable in terms of like uh, how quick it was on a straight, right? Like, you don't necessarily need that. It needs to be in, in like a balance. So, in terms of the 4K, like it, it's it could be tougher than I, I I will probably say it's gonna be tougher to drive than an F1 car. Like, oh, I've I, not driven that car, but I'm sure it's gonna be tougher to drive than than the F1 car that I drove. Uh, every car is tougher to drive almost. Than the F1 mm-hmm. car. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. The racing is very good because it's slow. So slow, slow, slow racing is close racing, right? Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It is good. But talking of racing, Chris, is it time? Yeah, I think it's about time for us to transition into playing some F122 with you, Tom. Now, obviously, Tom and I won't be as good as a real F1 driver because you <laughs> actually are a real <laughs> F1 driver, technically speaking. Now, we won't talk about the you know, the actual racing portion, but, you know. Thank you, thank you. Um, Tom, <laughs> is there anything that you'd like to share with our podcast listeners as we wrap up this episode? Um, yeah, I mean, if you want to check out the, the F1 drive that, that we've been talking about today, uh, it will go live uh, very soon at some point on my, on my main YouTube channel, uh, mm-hmm. like Tom, T-H-O-M-B, if you want to check it out. Uh, yeah, the easiest sure, way to uh, find you, how I found you all over, is just searching for your name, T-H-O-M-B, just on exactly. various places. I'm everywhere. And, yeah, you're, you're the first <laughs> first result, very easy to find. Exactly, so. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, um, I make content everywhere, really, like Twitch, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Uh, I'm mainly on, on Twitch, like, as a live streamer. That's, like, my main mm-hmm. main thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, if, if you want to check it out, then uh, that's cool. But, uh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to some racing then, huh? Yeah, so that's going to do it for this episode of Sim Sundays on Podcast Services. But if you'd like to hang out with us on Sundays and actually race with us, we go live at 8 p.m. UK time. And then about an hour after that's when we start the racing. And anything left to say, Tom? Gridfinder Tom. Gridfinder Tom. Nope. Well, uh, yep. Thanks for listening. The episode, as always, sponsored by Track Racer. Which was get my 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 sweatier and sweatier rig. And I need to find a way to wipe this down. I do sit in it and do it for a long time. I do a little bit sweaty. That's fine. So yeah, it's a weird promo, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like to point out that they don't create them sweaty. <laughs> they don't. But the problem is, right? This is this is a weird little side story. Now is that in the office where Gridfinder HQ is. Uh, we're not at the stage yet where we have our own office. So we share an office with like fifteen to twenty other companies. And when you come to work. Like and one of the one of the the rooms in your office has a fully blown sim rig. All of a sudden, your office becomes the cool place to hang out. So we just basically have a conveyor mm-hmm. belt of people on this sim rig all day, every day. So yeah, it does get a, a lot of use. That's so, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Before we go, thank you guys really for uh, for getting me on. I really enjoy talking about about this. As you can maybe like already like mention or see as well like I'm, I'm super super excited about, about what i do and what i've done so thank you for giving me like a, your, a podium to, to talk about your stories you made m- m- i was excited about hearing your stories and i didn't even experience it so thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that that was that's an amazing story um 
But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Sim Sundays for the podcast, but we are going to go race now. So, Tom, do you want to set up the server for us and we'll get in there? Hey, this is Chris from GridFinder. Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on GridFinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you'd like to participate in the races featured in each episode of the Sim Sundays podcast, join our Discord server by going to gridfinder.com discord. We host a new car and track combo every Sunday at 8 p.m. UK time and stream it live to our YouTube channel. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor Track Racer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.